Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Welcome to episode 47, From the Pitfalls of Life to Living Your Raw Truth. It is my pleasure to introduce Kay Sutar, a business strategist, award-winning author, and the CEO and founder of Uncensored Society. Kay shares her journey of various career opportunities and health crisis that led her to learn about herself. Life gave her challenging situations where she had to dig deep to find her passion and live her truth. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today we have a wonderful guest, Kay. How are you? Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. I am so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to coming on and being your guest for a long while. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I always start out the show talking about love and what your love lesson is. You are an author, a business strategist. You're doing so much. I'd love to hear how you, how your journey has been and what the lessons that life has shown you to bring you to a place of where you are right now. Okay, so first of all, love. The biggest thing that I've learned around that is number one, self-love, right? I find that when people have so many things going on, whether it's family, career, trying to build a business at the same time, you might have a dog or a cat or whatever it is, or you've got to take care of your elderly parents, you start, you, you forget about yourself completely, you're so busy trying to take care of everybody else around you that you complete you completely forget about you, right? And so I feel that self-care is definitely something that people need to implement. And guess what? It's not something you do once a week. It's something you do on a daily basis. And so making sure that you keep focused, you keep clear, um, you know, you maintain your health, whether it's going out for a walk, a run, or doing yoga in the morning, reading a couple pages of a book that you need to make sure you have time set aside for yourself and the way I do that is I make sure I spend a few hours in the morning to make sure there's calm there's you know there's no one kind of around it's just me I'm in my own space no one bothering me so I can do my own thing make sure that I set myself up throughout the day so make sure that you know you take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you're not going to be able to take care of everyone else around you. Absolutely. And so you wrote a book. I would love to hear your journey of being an author. Like writing a book is always challenging, but you pretty much wrote your whole story in this book that was endorsed by the Queen of England, which I think is amazing. (laughs) So... Right. And oh my God, I got to tell you how that happened. That was a complete accident as well. Um, Most of the things that I've done have happened by accident, right? But most people will say that things don't happen by accident. So the thing is, I don't plan anything. I am someone that's, okay, let's just go down this path and see where it leads you to. And you don't need to have everything planned, right? Growing up, we're always, you know, told that you got to know what you want to be when you're older. you got to follow that path, you know, get those qualifications, get those experiences. I had no idea. When people ask me what I want to be when I'm older, I told them I want to be rich, right? I had no plans of how I'm going to get there, when it's going to happen. Let's just figure this out because that is what life is supposed to be about. And so most of my 20s, 
oh my god that was a very dark path for me right trying to find myself I had health issues going on I had volatile relationships um with my boyfriend at the time um even with my parents never ever saw eye to eye with them peer pressure I was even suicidal right nothing was going right for me I didn't know what was going on I was constantly always being told that there's something wrong with me right whether it's from my parents or from my friends like you're weird like you're strange you don't think like everybody else you should know what you want to be doing at the age of 17 so you can go ahead and do it right and so for a long time I thought it was me it was my fault Mm -hmm. and so where I was in an abusive relationship and I had so many negative things going around me I realized very quickly that I had a choice Every single person has a choice on how they want to lead, but it's up to you, you know, if you want to make that change. And so what I decided to do, and it took a long while, it didn't happen overnight. I had to leave all those things that weren't working for me anymore, that weren't serving me anymore. And I had to get out of that abusive relationship. I had to find new friends, right? couldn't get a new family or new parents because your parents are who they are right you just have to learn how to adapt to them and so I realized a lot of things that were going on around me wasn't really anyone else's fault it was me I'm the one that had to change I'm the one that has to make different choices and so that journey that I took in most of my 20s finding out who I am my health my career finding a new path for myself I wrote everything in this book And the book is called Never Judge a Book by Its Cover. And the reason why I picked that name is because I felt like I was constantly judged, whether it was because I was a girl or my background or religion or the fact that I'm only 4 foot 11, right? You don't see that on a digital platform, but I actually am. And so when I decided to do things like, oh, I'm going to become an MMA fighter, which I did. Absolutely loved it because beating the crap out of people is actually quite fun, right? And so... People were telling me, there's no way you can become an MMA fighter. Like, you're so small. Like, it's not going to happen. And I remember I was told by my coach at one point after I did, you know, months of training, he told me, you're ready. I'm like, I'm ready for what? He goes, you're ready for your first fight. That my my professional, my first professional fight. And he goes to me, and yeah, you're going to be doing it in Thailand. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to train harder. I'm going to win this, right? I was training and training and training and training. And I ended up in hospital. I ended up in hospital and found out that I got a dislocated shoulder. My collarbone was jammed into my neck. My hip was dislocated. It had a complete domino effect. And the worst of it all was they turned and said to me, if I carry on doing this, then I could end up paralyzed because what they later found out is that my entire spine, my vertebrae was all bodged up. Wow. Yes. And this is from training? This is from training. So your body was not meant for that type of I guess not. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, holy crap, I'm back to square one. I've got to figure this out again because I finally thought thought I found my career. This is what I'm going to be doing. And then I had to start from scratch again. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, and a lot of people were against this, especially my dad, to become a police officer. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Right. And my dad, he didn't want his one and only daughter to become a police officer and be fighting and chasing people on the street, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. My dad was like, no, they're never going to hire you. You're too small, right? There's going to be a height restriction. Oh, Guess no. what? There's no height restriction. <laughs> I took the steps. I did what I had to do. Next minute, I was suited and booted, and I was now a police officer. I did my exams. I had to go to the classes, did all of that stuff. Took me a few months, and then managed to get through. And I was actually a police officer for six and a half years. That was a long time. And and again, I was like, I'm set. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to retire from this job. Six and a half years in, again, I end up in hospital. Ooh, your body tells you signs, doesn't it? But this time, this time, I remember waking up one morning, jumping into the shower. Soon as that hot water touched my skin, it started burning. So I jumped out and ran to the mirror and found my entire body had come out in a rash. Overnight. Overnight. I was fine the night before when I went to bed. I went to the hospital, had all these tests done. And I remember waiting in the consultation room, waiting for the doctor to come in to tell me what's going on with me. What's my results? And I remember sitting there as he opened the door, took one step in, looked straight at me and said to me, you were lucky to get here when you did. Why? Exactly. I was like, what are you talking about? What's going on? And he goes, if you didn't get here when you did, your throat would have closed up. Whoa. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. How did this happen? What's going on here? And he goes, this particular form of rash comes about when your body is overly stressed. Wow. So I didn't realize that this job that I was in as a police officer was mentally, emotionally, physically draining me. Mm-hmm. And now reflecting back on it, it makes sense because you're around negative environment all the time. There's Every nothing moment. positive about it. Mm-hmm. And so again, I ended up at the same point. Okay, I've got to quit because this isn't serving me anymore. What the hell do I do now? And it's so funny because I remember most of my 20s, I was going from job to job to job to job to job, right? Because Things kept happening and steering me in a different direction. And I realized that I guess I was pointed in a certain direction to learn a lesson, to learn some sort of skill. I don't know what it was, but everything was different compared to the last. So first of all, I was working in a magistrate's court. Then I started working as an interpreter for deaf children because I did sign language. Then I became a hairdresser, right? Then I did voiceovers for children's books. Then I became you know, an MMA fighter, then a police officer. And then after that, I decided, oh, let me see what politics is about. Oh, my goodness. Bad move. The worst move. <laughs> oh, my God. You went into politics after becoming a police officer? Wowzer. <laughs> yeah. And that happened by accident, too. So I remember my friend saying to me, you know what? Um, I'm at this networking event. She's one of the hosts. Why don't you come down and just mingle? And I was like, do you know what? It's my last day as a police officer. I don't really want to go anywhere. I want to just be at home, chill out, not do anything. She was like, look, just come down. If you don't like it, then just leave. So I'm like, all right, fair enough. And I went down there and it was not my scene. Like there was accountants, bankers, suited and booted. 
And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, what am I doing here? And I did what any sane person would do. And I walked straight to the bar and ordered a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I ordered a drink and I was waiting for my drink. Um, This guy came over and started asking me questions. And my first instinct was, oh, my goodness, here we go again. You know, another chat up line. But then the questions he was asking me, things like, what are my experience? What skills do I have? What jobs were I, was I doing? What qualifications do I have? And I'm like, I'm answering these questions. And I'm like, hold on a second. This is a really weird chat line. Like, who are you? And he goes to me, oh, um, I'm a member of parliament and I would love to have you on my team. And I'm like, wait, well, I don't know nothing about politics. And um, he goes, but the skills that you have and the things that you've done, it will be really beneficial if you join my team. And this was during the London elections. Okay. I was now helping him with his campaign. I was one of the campaign managers out of the blue with Liberal Democrat and helping them with the elections and their campaigns. I didn't last very long. I did not last very long because I realized in politics there's a lot more criminals than there are in the prison systems. Right. And so I was like, if it didn't work out as a police officer, there's no way I'll be able to deal with this. And so I left after a little while um, becoming, you know, the campaign manager for politics for Liberal Democrat. And so now I'm at a point I'm like, good. Every time I find something, something happens to steer me in a different direction. And I wasn't someone that was, I guess I wasn't fighting it. I wasn't trying to battle it or trying to win it, something was telling me, right, you need to move on to something else now. And so I just moved on. Yeah. There's a theme theme with all of your jobs, though. They're all about people, like serving people, being of service. Right. It was a matter of finding something that was, that was a heartfelt choice and that worked with your body and worked with who you are as a soul, because it seemed like the violence and the stress did not work for you. No, that's right. But you still were of service. So now what you're doing, uh, you're of service, but in a completely different way, right? Yes, exactly. And so I felt like as soon as I got into my 30s, I found myself. I found out what I want to do, how I want to do it. And so, and that's when I realized, okay, maybe I should be starting my own business because all these things that I've been doing is not working out for me. Mm-hmm. right? I need to know what this word entrepreneur actually means. And so that's when I started my entrepreneurial journey. And I remember, again, out of the blue, I was telling myself, I want to get into live events, right? Because that's where the positive energy is. That's where, you know, you have the rah, 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 and everyone's like excited, right? It's a completely different energy to, from being a police officer. And I was like, I want to do that. And again, people were telling me, you ain't got no qualifications in there. You have no experience. No one in their right mind is going to hire you. So I said, I'm going to do live events. And guess what? I'm going to be international. And people were like, you're, you're living in a dream world. It's never going to happen. You need to figure out what you want to do. Stick with that. Find the job and just retire doing that. And then um, I remember I had a personal trainer at that point. And she goes to me, hey, you should come to a Dr. Martini seminar. I'm like, who's Dr. Martini and who, what's a seminar, right? And she goes, well, you've never been to an event before? I was like, what kind of event? And she goes, you've got to come to this. It talks about mindset. You know, it's a different perspective. 
And this is the first time I kind of walked into what this all means, right? Um, and learn about the secret and read that, watch a DVD. And in the beginning, to be honest, I was like, this is a bit woo-woo for me, right? <laughs> what, is, what is all of this? Um, and I remember going to this event with her and she goes to me, I hope you don't mind. I brought a friend along with me as well. I was like, yeah, more the merrier. Awesome. And I started talking to her and telling her, you know, a little bit about my journey. I'm trying to find myself. I want to get into live events. I don't have any qualifications or, you know, any experience. And she goes to me, oh, that's interesting. So I was like, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, I work for a company and we're actually developing and scaling our events department. I think you'll be awesome if you join our team. And I'm wow. like, really? I was like, but I know nothing about it. And she goes, you know what? In a couple of weeks, we've got an event in London. Why don't you come down and meet the team? So I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, I'll take your number and I'll let you know when and where it is. I gave her my number, gave my details, but I was like, I'm never going to hear from her. This, this Things like this just don't happen, right? And a week or so, she called me. She goes, no, yeah, the event is at this place. Here's the address at this day, at this time. Come down and meet the team. And at that point, I was like, well, I've got nothing to lose. Let me go down there and see what it's all about. Went down there, really nice place, amazing people, amazing team. It was actually a US company. And there were a bunch of Americans that came flying down for this event. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. And started talking to them and seeing what they do and listening about, you know, these events. And these events were business events, right? Where speakers, these entrepreneurs, experts go on stage and start talking about different aspects of business. And I'm like, this is interesting. And so right there and then about after four hours of talking to them and everything, they asked me, they go, when can you start? And I'm like, really? I'm like, you do realize I don't know nothing about events. Like, no qualifications, I've never done this before. They're like, well, are you willing to learn? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I am. They go, well, that's all we need to know. Wonderful. And so, yes, all of a sudden, I've got faced, you know, being part of this company in the events department. And then the clincher, they said to me, what are you doing in two days? Oh, well, I haven't got anything planned. They were like, great, because your first event is going to be in Malaysia, so make sure your bags are packed and you're ready. And you have a passport. <laughs> yeah, right. So now all of a sudden I'm doing events and they're international. Within four, within four months, I became the events manager. Within eight months, I was doing front of room sales at these events. Um, I then started doing back of room sales, like, like high ticket closing. I then became the number one closer in the company. And then was asked to move to Costa Rica where they were holding their mastermind events and they wanted me to be part of that team. Everything was going perfect. Expenses all paid for, getting paid on top of it. Being around these people that are entrepreneurs and making, you know, know about business and I'm learning from them like in the back of the room, soaking it all in like a sponge. What happened? Huh. Yeah, that's the thing. When everything is going perfect, right, and nothing could go wrong, something went wrong. Mm -hmm. I went to Costa Rica and I was like, okay, I'm going to be here for a couple of months, see how it goes. If I like it, I'll stay a little longer. If I don't, then I'll just come back. My apartment was all paid for. I even had a chauffeur that picked me up from my apartment and took me to this resort where they were having these events. Food all paid for, drinks all paid for. 
It was the resort was on. It was a beachfront. There was a beach there, palm trees, swimming pool, coconuts. Like it could not be any better. It was paradise. I was there for three weeks. Then it happened. The company shut down. What? All of a sudden, I was evicted from my apartment because the company was paying for it. And they're no longer paying for it because their accounts got shut down. They went bankrupt. They were shut down by the government, the US government. Whoa. Yes. Ooh. And so what happened? I had no food. I had no water. I'm now homeless in a foreign country. Don't speak the language. And now thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to do? That's crazy. Yeah. Just like that. Click of a finger. Everything can change. Mm -hmm. But one of my superpowers that I learned was that I have a very, very different perspective to a lot of things. I'm Mm -hmm. able to think, see things that most people can't. And so when I looked across the room and I see my coworkers pulling at their hair, stressing out, crying, don't know what they're going to be doing next. I sat there. No word of a lie. I sat there and I started laughing. I was like, this is such a ridiculous situation to be in right now. And so what I started doing was because I wasn't in the overwhelm or in the misery or the frustration, I was able to think outside the box, get creative and find a solution. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was like, I've been doing this for a while. I know so much about sales, about marketing, about branding, you know, bringing people into your business. So I decided that I was going to go to the resort manager. The resort was still open because it was actually set up as a separate entity, but it was being fed in through the main business that was that was gone. So they still had bills to pay. They still had staff to pay, but had no income coming in now. So I went up to the resort manager and said, look, I know you're in a bit of a jam. There's no money coming in. You still got bills to pay and staff to pay. I said, I will help you bring clients in to this resort. But in return, I need food, water and shelter. Mm -hmm. Right. And she agreed because she knew I could do it. She knew I learned the stuff within the, the company. Right. Right. And so I helped her bring in clients. And then what I started doing is going to the other hotels the other businesses, restaurants, and doing exactly the same thing and started raising money. I was able to do that for a few weeks. I raised some money in order to then get a ticket back home again. But if I was in my misery, there was no way I would have been able to come up with a solution. In fact, I'll probably still be there. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're going to realize is that if you're going to be starting a business, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be solution-based. You mm-hmm. can't let anything get in your way, no matter what comes at you. And things are going to happen. It's life. Um, look at the pandemic. No one saw that coming. And Definitely not. People, right. And the people that weren't able to adapt, it was those businesses that, that lost everything. Mm-hmm. Because we've got to realize that you've got to adapt to the world because the world isn't going to adapt to us. Yeah, one of the things that I, you know, one of the themes in what you keep saying is that pretty much taking 100% responsibility for your life. Because yeah. in that moment in Costa Rica, you didn't fault, you didn't become a victim of what happened. You were like, okay, this is a situation I'm in. How can I overcome it? And I think having that victor mentality 
gives you that opportunity and that power to move outside of yourself and see possibilities like you did. It seems like in every every situation you've been in, you were like, okay, how can I be victorious in this moment and not be a victim? Because when you're a victim, then it's impossible to get out of it because you stay in your misery. That's right. And I find that a lot of people fight certain things that come at them, right? So being a police officer, people probably will fight, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. Why should I stop? Blah, blah, blah. But no, they're going to take a minute and be like, okay, this isn't working. If you carry on doing this, where are you going to end up? Right. What's going to happen next? Forget about paying those bills. Those bills will get paid. You just got to make sure that you're okay as well. How am I meant to protect the people, the public, if I'm not taking care of myself? That makes no sense. Right. And so being open to different opportunities, being open to and being aware of what's going on around you, what's happening to yourself and the changes that you need to be making is the first step to progression. Because I feel that life throws things at you for a reason to help direct you on a path that you're meant to be on, not the path that you think you should be on. Right. Yeah, but oftentimes I feel like even for myself is like what I call my plan and then there's God's plan and sometimes it's not the same plan. (laughs) You know what? God wins all the time. All the time. (laughs) All the time. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, my plan's God's plan because clearly my plan (laughs) never really seems to work out because it always gets diverted. Right. And don't fight it. Divert. Just go with it. You know? And you got to, yeah, you got to be open to what's going to happen next because you don't know. No one knows what's going to happen next. But just go down it and see what happens. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, guess what? You just test, track, and tweet. You just go, you do something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like you'll do in business. You don't just give up. Right. When you talk about marketing, marketing changes constantly, algorithms change constantly. Right. It doesn't right. mean you're going to stop marketing your business. It just means that you've got to find another way of doing it. Right. Just pivoting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what life is about. Absolutely. And I think entrepreneurs know that and have to gain that muscle when they're building a business. But I think it applies to everyone in life. Like like you were saying, like things are going to happen in your life and we always have to learn how to pivot, how to change, how to go with the flow of life. And I think that's why entrepreneurs always do more internal work, because we all recognize as entrepreneurs that our business reflects our internal environment, which is why masterminds and all of these things are so popular amongst um, entrepreneurs because we all understand that our mind really dictates our energy and how we want to grow our business and how we want to personal develop, how we want to personally develop as well. That's right. And you, you can't be living in a state of fear either, right? Just because you don't know what's going to happen next. No one knows what's going to happen next. Like I said earlier, um, just going with it and just figuring it out because you're there to figure out, what works for you and what doesn't you what you think is your plan like you said doesn't necessarily mean that is the plan for you and also to find out you know what your opportunities are in life and taking those risks and seeing what you're actually capable of you're never going to know unless you take those risks Mm -hmm. and if I stayed and if I did the things that people are telling me to do just find a job just stick with that one job right and retire from that do you know what? I'm, I'm not being funny with you, but I will probably be in my misery. I'll probably be hating myself, probably hating my life and probably still be in that state of suicidal because I'm just not happy. And right. so 
no matter what people say around you, it might suit them. My parents did exactly that. They just went to work. They found work. They stuck at it. Um, they retired and that was it. But it doesn't mean that your life has to be the same. Mm-hmm. And so you got to choose your path and you're going to love your parents. You know, they're saying it with the best intentions. Right. But things have changed from what they were from the 50s and things are going to constantly be changing. And so you can't be living life the way people live them in the 50s. And so figuring out what you want to do and what makes you happy is eventually going to be something that makes your parents happy, make your family happy, your wife, your husband, your kids, because you're doing something you love. And also you're showing people like your kids or your younger cousins that things like this is actually possible. Right. It's interesting because my parents are immigrants. They migrated from Africa. They lived in France, but they came from Africa to America. And I feel like immigrant parents are always wanting their kids to have a stable job, like become a lawyer, become a doctor, become an engineer, (laughs) an accountant. Like they just want stability because they know how difficult it is to raise a family and have all, you know, have the bills and all of that. And I feel like my parents were also themselves entrepreneurs, but they were always encouraging me to do something that was stable, like be a lawyer or do something like that. And it was just interesting. Of course, I didn't like I became an entrepreneur, too. (laughs) But it was just really interesting because I think a lot of my friends that are also first generation that have immigrant parents have that same kind of mentality. They just Mm -hmm. want their kids to have stability. And you're right. And if you don't follow your joy and follow what your heart's desire is, you'll be miserable. Like whenever I tried to have a job, like a regular job, I was miserable. Like I'm just not meant to follow anyone else's footsteps. It's always about building my own path, making my own life, creating, manifesting. And it's always, it's always more rejoiceful for me to like, say, I'm going to do this idea and then create it and just be like, wow, this is out in the world. Cause I created it like this podcast, like I had this idea and here I am doing it. And, and that brings me so much joy to be able to create something from start to finish. And it's not every, it's not for everybody, but it's definitely for you and I, that kind of idea of like manifesting something that we are our hearts desiring and and having those regular jobs are cool too is if that's what you want to do I mean it's really about finding what makes you truly happy yes exactly and it's funny because um when when you do get a taster of that entrepreneurial life and you do go say something happened and you go in, back into a job because you have to because something's happened you tend to find all the things that just don't make sense like th- this world just does not make sense. What do you mean that you don't stand up for yourself? Of course you do, right? But I find that the corporate world, it, it kind of pushes you to be a victim. Mm-hmm. Right? You lose your voice. Just do what you're supposed to do. You're not, meant to, you're not allowed to have an opinion or initiative because it's above your pay grade. And it's like whoa what is this right it's the complete opposite to what entrepreneur means right yeah but when you're in it when you first sign off and you you know you have these jobs you don't realize it until you see the other side of it and you're like oh my god I've been doing that all these years like none of it makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's um it's a challenging place to be and I'm sure there's some ways to find your voice and power within that corporate structure um I'm not in that corporate world, but I'm sure that they'll figure out a way to do it so people can feel good about their work. 
but I agree. It's like being in any situation where your voice, is, your voice isn't being heard. That's like, even if you're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad right. and having, being in a relationship that's not fulfilling, or there's so many different iterations of like not having your power in any situation. And that right. really, I feel like speaks to everybody, not being able to speak your truth, not be able to be authentic, not to be able to just be able to be yourself and be accepted for who you are. Right. Right. But in order for people to accept you, you got to know who you are yourself as well. Yeah, that's the clincher, right? Like to be able to (laughs) understand who you are. I think that's the awareness, like know thyself, love thyself before you can actually start to um, accept others for who they are. Because if we're always judging ourselves, it's so much easier to judge other people. But the more compassion we have for ourselves, the more we can be compassionate to others. Definitely. And knowing what your worth and what your value is, uh, no one can value you or, you know, kind of set anything upon you if you don't realize what your worth is and what your value is, right? How do you expect them to respect you if you don't know yourself? And so knowing your worth and not letting anyone tell you what you are worth is definitely something that people need to learn. And I find that people lose themselves or they feel like they have to change because of, you know, everyone else society is telling them that it's wrong. What do you mean you should feel work more worth than what we're telling you? You know, yeah. it's, it's almost that. And so kind of making sure that you're headstrong and you know what you're worth and don't let anyone tell you is something that we need to learn. And that's what's also going to build confidence. Because I feel that a lot of people's, um, you know, confidence is ruined by society, by culture, self-esteem as well. And so we need to bring that back. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so we're going to go into the, the infinite love questions, but real quick, just for those that are listening, can you think of one way that you would tell someone to say, hey, you know, this is one way that you can build your confidence, build your, build your um, conviction of who you are and bring that forth into the world? Yes. Yeah, so the first thing I would get them to do is actually a task. And I'll say to them, okay, tell me, tell me how you would describe yourself. Mm-hmm. What kind of person do you think you are? Right, honestly. Um, and in fact, I've actually had uh, my clients do this. And so they write these list of words down as to what kind of person they think they are. And I'm like, okay, now go and ask a friend, a best friend, uh, you know, a member of the family and ask them to describe you. And what they've found is that it's something completely different. Mm -hmm. So different. The way people see them and the way people see themselves is totally different. And having that eye open and realizing how you actually come across to people. Right. Right. It's so satisfying because what people say about you is actually so much more positive than what we say about ourselves. Because we, for some reason, we like to break ourselves down, right? And so, yeah, that will be the first thing that I'll say to people to do because, it, yeah, it will is mind blowing. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one because then you could start to see you're actually a lot, quote unquote, better than you think you are for sure. Yeah. It it definitely increases the positivity. All right. So infinite love questions. How do you use love in your work? Oh, okay. So one of the main things that I do when I get a client onboarded, I actually get them to do the five love test. Right. And the reason why I get them to do that is because 
it shows me how each individual person wants to be loved. And so you'll get someone that um, they define love as being touched. So they're like cuddles, they're like hugs, right? They're like that tap on the shoulder. Or you'll get someone else that defines love as gifts. So giving them, I don't know, like a little mug, right? Or a little keychain, be like, oh my God, I saw this and I thought of you, here you go, right? That's, that's how they see love. But me, I need to understand first how they define love. And to get this test done and out of the way, I know how to coach them. Mm-hmm. I know what they need to get the best out of this coaching. And so that gives me so much clearer idea on what I need to do and customize my coaching for each individual client that comes through. Nice. So that you're talking about the five love languages? Yes, exactly. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's a great one. What are your love languages? Oh, my la- languages is service mm-hmm. and touch. That's my main two. Nice. And yeah, that makes so much sense to me because I, I, I am a toucher. I, I like the hug. I'm not touching you on your arm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the acts of service. So if someone did something for me. Like I had to do laundry. Someone did laundry. I love you. Right. I don't want to do laundry. <laughs> if someone cooked my meal, oh my God, I will love you. Yeah. So yeah, acts of service and yeah, touch. No, I love that. How do you use, how is your work used to serve humanity? So most of my coaching that I do is to allow people to get a different perspective, right? There, there is a lot of mindset involved in it because that's what we need. And, you know, in business, we already touched on that. And so allowing people, giving people the opportunity to see that life can be completely different and they can actually create the life that they want. But it comes from breaking down those blocks, those experiences that they've had in the past and showing them a new light and shining a new light on them and showing them that it can actually be whatever you want it to be. But it all comes down from having this new perspective. Beautiful. And what does it mean? for you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Oh, a positive force. So I believe in tough love, right? It's not all tapping people on the shoulder, telling them it's going to be okay. It means getting raw and real and in their faces and telling them what they really need to hear, Mm -hmm. right? To make those changes, to progress. I have found when I've had those particular mentors and I've had several, that I have exceeded so much well and so much faster than those coaches that told me that, oh, it's going to be okay, right? And so I totally believe in tough love. Tell me straight. And that's exactly what you get from me. Nice. What do you love most about your life? Oh, what I love about my life. Oh, my goodness. I love my clients. I love my podcast guests. I love that I have surrounded myself with the right people. And also, you know, my family, I've learned that when it comes to family, it's not them, it's you. You're the one that has to adapt to them, no matter what kind of, you know, differences that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, you know, I have my mum that does my laundry now, right? <laughs> You know, so just having the people around me and, uh, you know, yeah, just the right people around me. I love that. Um, but also being aware that there, there is, you know, 
the right people to have around you and there's also going to be people that maybe not so good and being strong enough to say you know what I need to step away from these people right so I'm really happy with the circles of people that I have developed and brought in my life for sure okay and yeah tell us about your podcast the uncensored society Yes. So my actual main business is called Uncensored Society. And then the podcast is just called Uncensored Society Podcast. And it is a business podcast. And we focus on five main pillars of business, which is sales, marketing, operations, finance and leadership. Okay. And, and so I because I come from live events, right, and doing this internationally. And I was like, why don't I bring this formula to the podcast? And what I mean by that is when you go to a live event, you have the speaker on stage, they've got the presentation created, they know the script, they even know what jokes they're going to say. It's all scripted, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, they have a call to action where people run to the back of the room and buy their products. Right. So I decided that I'm going to create this podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners to do exactly that, to come on and tell me what their skill set is, how they serve people, how they make the world a better place so I can bring leads and clients to their business right but each each one of them they're vetted making sure that they are serving and that they're able to you know give people the information the value that they need to be able to implement in the business straight away so we don't like fluff we don't like bs on the on the podcast it is 30 minutes maximum so it's making sure that we have bursts of content value that people can actually implement in the business straight away beautiful i love it okay so how do you feel you receive love how do i feel that i receive it what do you mean by that well, it's kind of similar to the um, love lesson, the love, the love languages, but it's mostly like, how do you feel that like you receive love? Do you f- receive love from your clients? Do you f- receive love from the universe? Prayer, God? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from my religion because I am Hindu and it's a very sp- a spiritual relig- religion. Yeah. Um, I'm not a very religious person as such but I understand or believe that things happen for a reason I believe in karma right Mm. um and I let my gut kind of steer me as to what I should and shouldn't be doing if something feels wrong then maybe I shouldn't be doing it and so the way I receive love is is kind of connecting to my spiritual side Mm -hmm. In going with that and a lot of my my parents are like that my brother is like that so we have that in common for sure and so yeah I mean that's how I I receive love if that makes any sense I'm not sure if no, it I does. love it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's how I receive love too just connecting oh, awesome and where has love created a miracle in your life oh gosh so the biggest miracle and is all thanks to my mentor so I had a volatile relationship with my mom for many, many, many years. And I remember my mentor saying to me, goes, you need to pick up the phone, call your mom and apologize. And I'm like, what do you mean I need to apologize to her? She's the one that's in the wrong. She's been in the wrong for many years, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, if you don't let this go, if you don't accept what's happened, if you don't apologize, you will never have room in your head to build a business. Mm. 
He goes, because that's the one thing that's going to be going around and around in your mind. And he says to me, if you don't do it, I'm not going to mentor you. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? I had to call my mum. He was there. I was crying. And I was like, oh, I need to say sorry to you. And, you know, blaming you for everything. And she listened and she was like, where is all of this coming from? I was like, my mentor, he told me if I don't apologize, he's not going to mentor me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and she was like, she was shocked. She was stunned because we never, ever had a conversation like that before. And then she went quiet for a while. And I remember her saying to me, she goes, who's your mentor? I was like, his name's Tim Johnson. She was like, huh. He goes, she goes, is he there? I go, yeah, he's here. She goes, put, the phone, put him on the phone. So I passed the phone over to my mentor and I, I remember th- they were on a call for about half an hour laughing and joking and this, that, the other. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? What's just happened? Right? And if my mentor didn't do that for me and my mum, I ended up back in London um, during the pandemic. I was living in Bali. I ended up moving back with my parents while the pand- pandemic happened. With all the lockdown, if he didn't fix this, me and my mom probably would have killed each other, right? But since then, we've got closer. We do more things now than we ever did before. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Right. And so that kind of taught me that sometimes you just got to let it go and family are family and parents are parents. And and it is up to you to change. They're never going to change, right? It's never going to happen. Um, and so I had to accept that. I apologize. And now we have a lot more deeper conversations and connection. Yeah. Letting go of the pain of our parents is huge. It's it such is. a big weight. And I feel like stopping, like ha- stopping the blame on your parents for your, the situation in your life is kind of going back to what we talked about in earlier in this conversation, right. taking hundred percent responsibility for your life and letting go of whatever is not serving you so you can move forward in life. And a lot of us have spent years. I know I have spent years blaming my parents for my situation yes. and I had to come to that place too, where it's like, okay, I have to let go of my family right. and just take responsibility and move forward. Exactly, exactly. So then since then, so much has happened. So that was a big block that I didn't even realize I was putting in front of myself. Right. Well, that's amazing. Well, this has been such an enlightening, fun conversation. Thank you so much. How can people find you and find connect with you and work with you? The best way to connect with me is by going on my website, www.uncensoredsociety.com. That's where you'll find, you know, the contact page. You can email me. You'll find my links to my social media. You know, feel free to PM me if you have any questions. Um, I do have a question for you, though, if it's okay. Yeah. I do have a gift for your audience, if it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So I created this mini program. And it's called going from being busy to being productive. And what this really does, it helps you to put pen and paper what your long-term and short-term goals are and looking at what your habits are. So a lot of people have said to me, oh my God, I don't have time to do this. I've got to, you know, run around with kids. I've got to get home. I've got to cook. I've got to do that. And so when I sat with my clients and, all right, let's actually look at where you're spending your time. And a lot of them were actually spending like, four to six hours a day on Netflix. 
the minute you realize you know what habits you have and then being able to change and that's when you're going to start seeing success that's when you're going to be able to move forward and progress and actually reach those goals that you want to reach but you've got to be aware of that so the minute you're aware of those habits you're able to change them so i've created a mini program it comes with worksheets it comes with a video of me explaining everything um go to my website download it no doubt that you're going to have some sort of revelation there's going to be habits that you've got that you don't even realize right? So that's the one gift that I would love to give to your audience. Wonderful. And I will definitely put the link in our show notes. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again for being on the show. It's wonderful to get to connect with you, Kay. For sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.